Hello friends! This is People Are Interesting with Jan K. In each episode of this show, unique individuals share stories that take us on a ride across ideas and places. Featuring crocodile attacks in Indonesia, escaping war-torn Lebanon, and shark protection schemes in Mauritania. This podcast takes you where you've never been before. Enjoy and thank you for joining the club. And we're running. Kenny okay. Wagner is in the house with me. Welcome, everyone. Today, we're talking about body modifications, extreme body modifications. And I thought there won't be a better person than yourself, um, as you are a tattoo artist yourself, um, propagator of extreme individualism, enthusiasm, enthusiast of body modifications. Um, welcome. Thank you for having me. How's your day going? Very well. It's a pleasure to have you. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on here. I look forward to it since last time we spoke several weeks back. Yeah, it was very nice to meet you. We had a pretty good conversation offline, actually. I got really, really interested in what are, what we're going to be talking about today. So maybe without further ado, why don't you start by talking us through your body modifications, how you got them, what they are. Um, we want to know everything. Okay, sure. Not a problem. Um, yeah, I am 31 years old. I just celebrated a birthday last week, actually. Um, my current list of modifications include I'm heavily tattooed head to toe, including head to toes. I obviously have my eyeballs tattooed, as you can see. I had the solar membranes injected with ink. That way they go from the natural white to black and the natural blue is my eye color. I don't wear any kind of contacts. Um, other modifications I have include subdermal implants, which are silicone carved pieces, um, including the one in the back of my hand, as you can slightly see is a shape of a cross. I also have my tongue bisected which was self done. I did that. Thank you. I did that initially maybe about seven years ago after having it done previously by a friend and I was unhappy with the results. So I just figured I could do a little better job. So I went back through and redid it myself. Um, I do have several scarification pieces, including a smile, uh, Chelsea smile, Chelsea grin, um, Dahlia smile or Glasgow smile, depending what part of the world you come from. Uh, it's pretty much just cuts that go from the corner of the mouth upward on the cheeks. I do have subdermal horn implants, which unfortunately with my lighting is a little hard to see. Um, I do have nipple nullification done as well. That is just complete removal of the areola and the nipple. That was also done by myself as well. Again, after seeing a friend do it, I figured I could do a little bit better of a job. And aesthetically, I liked the way it would look with my chest tattoo and stomach tattoo I was planning on getting at the time. Um, various other modifications I have, uh, several penile modifications um, called uh, metonymy. I'm currently going for a full sub-incision which is the splitting of the lower urethra canal as well. Um, Wait, what, what is that? What is that? Because um, this is new to what we what we spoke last time, I feel like. 
I might have let that one slip through the cracks. I might not have, but I figured I'd just go all out as we spoke before we started recording. I'm comfortable with all of it when it comes to myself as well as anything I can contribute to the history that I'm aware of for extreme body modification. Um, a meatonomy is when you split the lower glands of the penis on the head underneath and a sub incision is when it goes all the way from the tip of the penis down to the base of the shaft. Uh, best way I could describe it without getting too crazy is when you microwave a hot dog, how it starts to flare and split on one side. That's pretty much the end result of getting a sub incision. Is it called sub incision? Sub incision, yes. Wow. Okay. Wait. I need to. I need to Google this right now. Yes, and there actually are several benefits. The primarily source being it adds extra sensation during sexual activity. Having the urethra nerves exposed kind of is like opening up an own little personal clitoris. So it. <gasps> and, yes. Holy smokes, dude! That is, I have not seen this coming, my friend. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Let me explain it to the listeners the way I understand what I'm seeing right now. You're basically like slashing your dick open. Yes. The lower urethra canal is completely wow. exposed. Holy smokes. I've never heard about this. Yes. Holy. Okay. So. So you're saying that this is like a pleasure, it, 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 is this pleasure driven or is this Yes, also? that one, I mean, some people, I assume there would be an aesthetic aspect to it, but as, from my understanding, most people I know that have it, as including myself, was for just greater sexual gratification, having that little bit of stimulation exposed. Oh, wow, I see. Uh, Kenny, this is why I like talking to you. Last time we were talking, you blew my mind mind away by talking about um, uh, what was it, nipple amputation, and now now this one that is incredible. I have I had no clue this is a thing. Wow. No, you've never seen that before. No, absolutely never. I didn't even know this is. This is the thing. Wow. Oh, yeah. And there's actually people that take it way further than that and do full penile, like, bisection. They'll split all the way down so they have, like, two little, not obviously not little, depending on the person, but they shrivel and they kind of curl outwards. They kind of look like two broken fingers once you split it completely down the middle. And there's some people that actually do that, tip the base. Wow. It's, that is very, very rare and extremely hard to come across, but I've seen plenty of accounts of people that have done full penile's uh, bisection. <laughs> yeah. Dude, holy shit. Yeah, and then I've seen one account way many years back of somebody that actually did full scrotal bisection as well. They started with what they called a transcrotal piercing, which is a slice through the scrotum, and it is stitched so the two ends can't move and slide around as the piercing heals. 
and that person eventually stretched their jewelry so large that they were able to just slice the thin little bit of skin remaining and have two completely separate scrotum sacs in. Oh my God, that is so insane. Yes. Mind blowing. What a mind blowing Sunday. Fair play, fair play, Kenny. When, know, when, right? when, when are you doing this? Uh, I plan on just keeping it going little by little. I had my initial metonymy done maybe about eight or nine years ago, somewhere around there. Um, and it's just a work in progress. It's something, it's miserable to heal. It's hard to find somebody to do it. So it's just whenever I get the time and feel like the time is right, it's along with everything else I planned I want to do to myself yet. What's just, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? It sounds super ignorant, but how do you pee once this is done? Oh, it's not ignorant at all, man. I completely understand that question. Um, sit, hope, spray and pray. I don't know. Okay. Depends on, okay, depends okay. on how you want to go about it. I mean, the further you get down, obviously, the more complicated it's going to get. But at this point, I can still stand and urinate just having the lower portion of the head. But there, to be honest, there are times it's a little unnecessary and I have to sit. Ah, uh, got it. So you basically like open the pipe. Yeah, you're literally just explode, exp exposing it and just letting it go. At that. Yeah. Dude, dude, this is, this is, I, I, I didn't see this coming. I didn't see this no. coming. No. <laughs> okay, so, so we have that. We have um, subdermal implants, tattooed eyes, nipple amputation. This is something I find also quite interesting. Could you talk talk to me a little bit about about how you actually started? What were some of the milestones for you? Um, for myself, for my personal modifications? Yes. Um, my milestones growing up actually started relatively small, like most people that are into body modification. I started out getting piercings here and there. Once I was of age, I started getting heavily tattooed, but I always had things set in the back of my mind I wanted to do. And as I progressed further and further in my career in body modification, working in tattoo shops, it was more of the progression of life that I hit those milestones. Once I finished my apprenticeship, I started getting more visibly tattooed, hands, neck, stuff like that. And after certain milestones in my career, I started to kind of treat myself to more and more extreme things. One of the first things I got done was actually my botched tongue split that was done all those years ago. That was my first real milestone because it was an opportunity for the shop I was working in at the time to have it done. Um, the next ones would be scarification, building up small scar pieces, brands, cutting, stuff like that. And then once I got the opportunity and met an artist located in Brooklyn, New York, is when I originally started getting more extreme stuff. Um, the subdermals, transdermals, um, the implants and beyond. That door really opened. And at that point, I was off to the races. What's got, transdermal? Sorry. What's transdermal? Um, no problem. Transdermal implants, I don't have any anymore. But they're a form of implants similar to the subdermal, except for they're like a flat metal base with a post that protrudes through to the surface of the skin and you can thread different tops on and off. Got it. 
Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. So t t tell me about your tongue splits and your, um, how did you call it, nipple? Nipple nullification. nullification, yes. Nullification. You'll hear that. That's a common word in the modification community. Um, amputation is another one you'll hear, but more than likely when you hear people talk about any kind of amputation, that's a serious practitioner, a serious member of the community. 99% of the time you're going to hear nullification. You know what I mean? You nullified that body part. It doesn't sound as crazy as I amputated my finger. I amputated my nipples. A little bit more of a general way to present it without sounding completely out of your mind. Yeah, totally. I know what you mean. Also, I must I must say that first time I stumbled upon people who had their fingers, I think it was a pinky and uh, whatever this one is called, amputated or nullified that was that was incredible because that for for a guy like myself that was so far out of the what I would you know consider within what really body modifications are just because I wasn't aware that those things are a thing um so yeah I'm let let's talk about the the nipple nullification and the tongue split okay um, well, the tongue split came first. Uh, that's something I've always wanted to do when it comes to body modifications. That's been on my list of to do since I was realistically maybe like 12 or 13 when I first saw the procedure done. Um, it was the, the most famous case back when I was younger would be Eric Sprague. They call him the lizard man, covered head to toe, green. I'm sure you've seen pictures or videos somewhere dude's been famous since like the late 90s because of his modifications um but i watched a documentary called flesh and blood when i was probably around 10 or 11. um it involved an artist called named steve hayworth it was a documentary about his life and his career he's actually the first documented pioneer inventor of I'm going to say about 90% of modifications you see nowadays that would be considered extreme. I mean, obviously, scarification and tribal branding and cutting have been around, but Steve Hayworth invented the tongue split procedure. He invented the subdermal implants, transdermal implants. He invented this transcrotal piercing. He invented ear pointing. He invented modern methods for electrocautery branding. Literally anything, almost anything and everything, Steve Hayworth started it out. So when I saw that documentary about him offering tongue splits, it just blew my mind. I knew it was something I had to have done. So I believe it was my 19th birthday. My mentor for body piercing offered to do the procedure for me. I wish I would have waited because I didn't know he wasn't quite the most skilled and educated in the process. But... I was still happy I jumped on the train and took advantage of the opportunity because it's still one of my favorite modifications I have. Okay, two two questions related yes. to this one. Firstly, can you can you recall this moment when you watched this documentary? What what did you feel when you see it? What because you know and I, I felt like a door had just opened up that I really truly found myself because I've always been fascinated with art. My mom's always had me drawing, painting when I was a little kid, tried to keep me as 
creative and productive as possible. So when I first saw a tattoo, I remember I was like maybe nine, I'm going to say around the age of nine or 10, I really realized tattoos were permanent. Like I'd seen them, I'd assume, but my mom was dating a guy that had several tattoos all over his arm. And it just fascinated me that you could have permanent art you could walk around with for the rest of your life. So I just started jumping into it as much as I could, looking at his old tattoo magazines, trying to find new tattoo magazines at like 7-Elevens and mini marts I could look at real quick while I was walking around with my friends. So my mom got me this documentary. She got me two. There was the Flesh and Blood documentary about Steve Hayworth. And then there was another one on general modification called Modify. When I first saw those two movies, I watched them for days on end. They're both absolutely phenomenal films and anybody interested in learning about body modification in all aspects, I would definitely recommend checking them out. So you had, I, I like this this thing when you said the door opened because I was um, watching a trailer of a movie, of a surfing movie. Um, and this really amazing surfer, he was recalling his first experience of catching a first wave and he caught this wave and he said, wow, I'm home, you know? That, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty similar to that, to be honest. I still even feel that way, like still being able to be able to work in tattoo shops and attend the community events like conventions and interact with friends. I honestly still get that same joy I did all that all those years ago. I still love seeing people get their first tattoos, even though I personally don't get that much work done anymore. The few things I still have to check off, I'm waiting for the time to write. But even when I get a small tattoo, I'm still totally stoked to get it. I really feel like finding the body, modif body modification community really opened my eyes to to truly be happy and express myself the way I would like to be represented. You hear all the time in the community, people are just adding things they weren't born with. And I feel like that definitely applies to me. The more and more work I got, the more comfortable I became in myself, the more adjusted to life I became, just overall more, more pleased, I guess you could say. I love that for you, man. Thank That's you, amazing. Thank you. So you do the the first attempt at your tongue split. What's yes. what's that day like? Can you talk me through um, the procedure a little bit? Yeah, not a problem at all. Well, the first time it was done, I'm not going to mention the artist names of the studio, um, just because of the reasons I we spoke about last time we spoke. But um, I'd seen them do the procedure once or twice. The little bit of footage I was able to find because this wasn't this was like back before YouTube was around. As far as I'm aware, I wasn't an internet kid back then. There wasn't as much publicity around the subject matter. So it was pretty much whatever I could find. The random bits online was through a website called beamusing.com. And besides that, it would just be magazines and whatever else I could find. Um, so I wasn't quite as well versed on how the process was supposed to be done. Um, but the, primarily the first way it was done they put clamps on either side of my tongue after doing the marking and they went through with a scalpel. I want to say it was a scalpel. It might have been just a heated up scalpel or uh, a battery operated cautery pen. That way they could go through and as they cut, the heat would solder or cauterize the wound so it affected, it affected bleeding. 
Um, I later found out that sutures are supposed to be used. It helps out a lot with the regrowth, which is why I ended up just getting it redone eventually a few years later, because it primarily grew all the way back together. Like it was nice and deep when it was initially done, but because there was no sutures to close either side of the incision, the pressure from just talking, moving my tongue, eventually just forced the two sides back together. Which so, is unfortunately still a very common mistake. A lot of people that don't know how to really do the procedure, you'll see it all the time on YouTube. People heating up scalpel blades or using cautery pens and hoping that a little bit of cautery is enough to stop the regrowth, but it's unfortunately not. Okay, so it didn't go exactly how you wanted it for the reasons you've just described. So you'll make a second attempt. Yes. I eventually did redo the process myself. I got that done maybe when I said I was around the age of 19 and I redid it myself around the age of 24 because I believe my daughter was already born at that point. I want to say it was, I remember what shop I was working at, but I don't remember exact time frame because I started a little before my daughter was born. So give or take, but I'm going to say around the 24. So about seven years, about five years later, I did it myself. What? I just want to picture this scene. Can you explain yes. to me? Um, what's the going way on? I the way I did it myself is it was a slow day at the shop. I done several similar processes and have a buddy who is an MD. So I'd been picking his brain for random medical stuff, suture techniques over the years. It's random little bits of information I thought might be able to help me out here and there. And one day my buddy Sean was joking around about how I could just do it myself in the mirror. So we cleared a station, set up the camera and he was able to assist me from behind. He was able to hold my tongue apart and as careful as possible, I went through and I made three major cuts. I did one on the top, one underneath, and then one right down the center. That way I could determine everything was clean and follow the previous cut I just made. And with his assistance, packed galls in for a second or two to slow any kind of bleeding, um, took the hemostats off, applied another set of foresters and I went through and I did 10 stitches on either side of my tongue to close it. That way I had no regrowth this time around. And as you can see, I'm quite happy with the results. I do have two tongues. Hmm. I wish it was a little bit deeper, but being self done, I'm pretty happy with the results. The worst part overall was the sutures. Um, I can tell you that was miserable. Healing what is that? for uh, the stitches, suture uh -huh. stitches, they, it's anybody who gets their tongue split will tell you that is by far the worst part. The pressure and the pain you have until they come out, it, it's miserable. It's dreadful. Mm. It'll, it'll ruin your whole week. But once they come out, you're like a whole new person. Holy smokes. Okay. So the way I envisioned this after all, all that you've, you've said, it, it's, like I see this like a lamp directed at your tongue, you with your open mouth and a scalpel in your hand, and it's basically a blood blood bath. Is 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 that how it is? No, it actually wasn't that bad. The way it, 
I can't, I'm not going to lie and say there was no blood. I didn't use any kind of anesthetic or anything, obviously, to affect blood flow, no kind of epinephrine, lidocaine, anything like that. You did it just cold turkey. Yeah. Well, cut your tongue in the middle while yeah. you were chopping. Well, well, the thing is, the way I did it, I used kind of a distraction method. I used the hemostats to put pressure on my tongue where I was cutting. That way, I primarily only felt the pressure from being pinched from the hemostats because as long as you get a genuine good scalpel, um, they're so sharp. Most people don't realize how sharp a scalpel is compared to a general knife, like even a great quality knife. They're so sharp that you have to, there's no pressure needed. It's quick through and through. So by the time I'm focusing on, yo, this shit's pinching my tongue, it hurts, it hurts, the cuts are already done. The worst part was distracting myself for the pop for the stitches as that shit went through because that was also not too fun. But with the prep, Beside, no, got a little distracted, but the, with the hemis that's there as well, it's kind of like a tourniquet. I'm pinching the end of the incision shut. So as I'm suturing, it's pinching the end of the wound shut. So there's very minimal blood flow. Got it. Okay. Let me just give you like my, the way I would think I would approach a situation like this, my body sensation, how I would feel emotionally when I was about to do my own tongue split okay i would be sweating i would be terrified i would probably i would probably be about to faint like if i would find myself in a situation like this it would be a horrifying experience what did you feel when you were about to do this um to be a hundred percent fair i was a little nervous but it wasn't anything that was messing up my day i it only took me like 20 minutes half hour to do the whole procedure um, and that was with even turn around the like bullshit with my buddy that was helping me because I was more concerned about him hitting the floor. I've been around procedures like that. I've been with friends. I've gotten plenty of work done. I myself at that point had had quite a few implants done, had already been through the tongue process once that was done improper. So I knew it couldn't be worse than that. Uh, scarification, done several flesh suspensions hanging from hooks in my skin. Uh, as well as at that point, I already nullified both my nipples myself as well. So it wasn't my first self-surgery. Okay, so that so I that's actually that was about to be my second question. Were the nipples before that or after? Yes, the nipples were several years before I did this. So I'd already had the the general mind frame down to work on myself and complete the task and not get distracted. Because it's a little oh. different from tattooing yourself or piercing your own lip. Like once you start that cut, after a certain point, there's no going back. You have to you have to push forward. And I just thought about something. I don't know if you would be interested, but you did mention about broadcasting this on YouTube. Um, I have video and pictures of those procedures. I could send you as well if by chance send them you wanted, over. by chance yeah, you wanted to thumb those i don't know about the tongue procedure i'd have to hit my buddy sean up but i know i have videos and pictures of the nipple nullification yeah you need to send so them if you me. so if you wanted to include those i could do that for you as well i could yeah, send those send to you over. if you wanted to include that they're not anything too crazy um it's just a little quick thumbnail of me starting and then after as well um the pictures are little bit more graphic i do have before a little during and then i flat out just have a picture of the wound exposed before i sutured it closed so you yeah 
Okay, let's talk about the nipples then. Yes. How did you how did you find about nipple um, nipple nullification and how did you decide that, oh this is this is what I am doing next? Um it was unfortunately I hate to say it again it was kind of spur of the moment egged on by a friend um several years ago it was a pretty popular procedure it was relatively new I'd never really seen it before and it just started blowing up out of nowhere. People were moving their nipples, doing one at a time, doing two at a time. There were different variants of it. Excuse me, sorry about that. Uh, some people were doing just genuine nipple removal, removing the nipple itself. Some people were taking the whole thing, the areola and the nipple. So at that point, the procedure was still kind of its, in, its infancy stage. Um, I had my nipples tattooed because I'd always wanted a way to try and conceal them for my chest piece. And same thing one day, just hanging out at the shop, someone recommended, give it a shot. We had a mutual friend do it themselves that we'd seen the pictures of online. And my buddy told me, he's like, I think you could do a better job. Went down to the tattoo shop, spoke to the owner. He said it was okay. Just wait until after everything was closed. Went home, wrapped my mind around the concept, because at this point, I'd never done any work on myself at all. I've never pierced myself, never tattooed myself. So this was my introduction to self-work, was removing my own nipples. Um, went down, set everything all up. I did a general research on tissue removal and uh, tummy tucks and chin lifts facelifts because I knew and understood the general concept of reconstructing everything. I had to make sure all the cuts would line up proper. That way tissue could be recompressed and not have any kind of stress or pressure, I guess, that could affect scarring or affect the way the sutures hold. I found the ideal shape I wanted because at that point, artists weren't really posting before pictures on how they remove the tissue. And I came to the conclusion, a nice kind of eye, like stereotypical, like eye shape, round, tapered on the ends would work. Because as you would remove it, you could just flatten out that incision and it would pull shut. So that would be the general shape I went with. Uh, overall procedure took me about... I'm gonna say like 45 minutes to an hour because unlike the tongue split, I was very, very nervous with that one. I um, ha did have an assistant as well for that one. I didn't need any kind of hands-on help, just more emotional and guidance to help keep me going. Uh, got a little woozy about halfway through the process, took a quick few minute break, drank some soda, ate a banana and apple, got some sugar in me. Um, Went through, finished doing all the sutures, closed everything all up, cleaned myself up, inspected it for a minute, went home, and that was it. Okay, got it. Well, that must be a really weird feeling to bend your own nipples, right? It was a really weird feeling because it was a really big mind game. I kept thinking it was going to be a lot more now, don't, I'm not trying to undersell the process. In no way I'm saying do, do not try this at home. Do not try this at home. It is not at all logical to try and do yourself without proper training. Um, 
but I just kept really overthinking it. I was going to hit something crazy. I wasn't going to be able to close the wound. So that's one reason I had to stop because I started getting really, really bad inside my head and really worked myself up to the point where I got really nauseous. I got really nervous, started getting sweaty. I started, didn't know if I should continue. So my assistant was able to calm me down, cleaned everything all up, realized I was doing what I needed to. Everything was still on track as it should be. Composed my thoughts, pushed through and closed it all up. But for a few minutes there, I thought I made a terrible decision to be 100% honest. It was, it's definitely, it was a huge, huge mind game. How do you reflect on the decision years on? I'm sorry, your audio cut off. Oh, sorry. How do you, what do you think about this, this procedure now as, as time has moved on? I'll be honest. I still love it. I'm still glad I did it. Um, one reason I did decide to do it back then is because I always wanted some kind of extreme removal done. I've never like logically wanted to chop off a finger or toe. Like I, I don't want to take it that far at all. At the moment, I'm not saying shit like that hasn't crossed my mind throughout the years because it's been a natural progression. Well, this was cool and this is too extreme, but now I got this and that doesn't seem that bad nowadays. But the nipples I always thought would be a good idea and just kind of decided it came up like that. So it's ma mainly aesthetic reason yeah. For, yeah. For, for your tattoo on your chest to look better. Primarily, I mean, I never really liked the way they looked anyway, even before they were tattooed, but aesthetically was the primary concern in my head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then before we move on, let's talk for a for a short moment about your tattooed eyes. Yes. So what's 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 the thing with with tattooed eyes it's a permanent thing i know that it is a permanent process uh you'll hear them called tattooed eyes eyeball tattoos stellar uh, injections uh tissue staining is another common one because it's not technically tattooing it is done via injection um a very very small amount of diluted dye is put into the solarium membrane of the eye um, everybody's body does react different. Um, mine person took about two days to completely consume the entire eye, which was actually pretty cool because it looked like an oncoming storm just kind of consuming a nice bright day. It was solid black, dark gray, light gray, and you could just see the clouds coming through. It was, it was absolutely phenomenal. Wow. Um, yeah, and they can do any color you want. Um, the eyeball uh, tattooing, I want to say started around 2000, I'm going to say like 2007 or 2008, I believe. The first few set were done. Um, the artist that came up with the modern procedure, his name is Howie Luna Cobra. Um, he's very, very well advertised. He doesn't try and hide it at all, so I don't mind advertising and mentioning him because he obviously deserves the credit. Um, my basic understanding and a little bit of insider information I do have on that process. It came about, um, I believe the first injections were done in Canada on three people. 
there was Josh, Shannon, and Polly at the time, uh, now goes by Farah. Um, Shannon Lorette's wife had an, an optical implant put over in Europe. It was a piece of platinum jewelry in the shape of a heart she had implanted by a doctor in her eye. Um, so that was like completely groundbreaking, revolutionary. And while observing the process and looking at her eye, I believe that's when they started to come about the, inf the idea of, well, instead of a piece of jewelry, let's see if we can get ink injected into the eye somehow and get it to stay. Um, and they eventually came up with the process of being able to inject the ink via syringe. And the technique and evolutions has kind of grown from there over the years. They've tested different cutting solvents. They've tested different amounts. And it still seems a very artist artist, but the general practice seems to be relatively the same. Got it. And it, it's again, aesthetic reason for you. As, for me, it was an aesthetic reason. I'm sure with any other modification for somebody somewhere, it probably has more of a deeper meaning. But for me, it was just something I always thought that was absolutely amazing. I've never seen it until I saw Josh in person with it. He was from my general area here in Pennsylvania. So seeing his progression, because I'd seen him when he first only had one done, and seeing the smaller injections he was getting at, at that time absolutely blew my mind. And I knew one day I had to have it, but I was only 15 at the time. So that was definitely on the, the list of to be done later. It does look cool. I think tattooed eyeballs do look badass. Thank you, thank you. I would like to throw out there real quick, just for the history of that as well, um, that there may have been one other artist to actually do it before Howie. Um, his name is actually is Jesse Probus. He is here in Pennsylvania as well. He did not do it via injection. He did it a series of tests on Josh's eyes with a traditional machine. Um, yes. Um, he never had any problems. I, this was before I actually started working with Jesse at his studio because he's the one that actually took me on as an apprentice and gave me my opportunity in the industry. Um, so I've seen him actually do one other with a machine. And so I just wanted to throw that his name out there as well because he might, it's, there's still some debate possibly who figured it out, but Jesse definitely deserves the credit as well for being one of the first to at least come up with the idea of tattooing an eyeball. So he did it using different a machine. Methods. Yes, he he. Josh came up with the idea after, from what I understand, Shannon's wife had got the optical implant, and the idea had been thrown out there on the way back from wherever they were when they met that they started throwing around the idea and the concept. From what I understand of the eyeball tattoo. And Josh had known Jesse, so they threw the idea around, and that's how the machine came about, to see if it was possible to try and be very gentle, to push in little amounts of ink to see what would happen. Because at that point, it had never been done before. Josh, Shannon, and Polly were the first three to ever get it in the world. They were the pioneers. Wow. What a... How brave you need to be to be like, ah, yeah. Let's try to tattoo my eyeballs. Let's see how it oh, goes. Incredibly brave. I mean, Howie had already had a reputation of being a phenomenal modification artist. 
Um, from what I understand, his majority of his family is like pretty well off geniuses and medical professionals. So he was definitely, when it comes to artists, he was definitely by far the best one to come up with a solution for that and pioneer that field. I don't think anybody else could have back in that time frame. There was no other artist that would have been capable of constructing that concept and making it happen. This is, yeah, making it happen. This is quite an incredible. Um, but I have to ask you the big question. We need to talk about why. We need to talk about your motivations for all those things because the way you describe those things, these are not easy and obvious things to do. I would love to understand what's driving you to do it. Yeah, not a problem. Um, I'll be honest, my personal motiva motivation, I didn't have the best childhood, didn't have great parents, moved around. Um, at one point, I did grow up in the system when I was younger. Nothing I'm ashamed of. It is what it is. But just the instability, just being unhappy as a kid, it was my way of just being more comfortable in my skin and dealing with the world. Because I knew as long as I looked the way I wanted to and wanted to present myself in life the way I wanted to, it, nothing else really mattered except my internal happiness. So for me to achieve that, I wanted to match my aesthetic to the way I feel inside. That way I can wake up every day and approach the world 100% as me. There's no bullshit, there's no games. This is what I wanted to look like. This is how I want to conduct myself. It's just me. Uh, Self-confidence issues, I guess you could say in other words. Just make myself more comfortable, I guess you could say. Help me become more me, as well as it helped me grow internally as a person. Growing up, more work I would get done, I realized, okay, well, this wasn't for me anymore. This was just a fa fat phase or a fad because I wanted to rebel against this or this mind frame had me wanting to go in this direction. So after I sit down and really contemplate all the choices I decided to make or future plans I want to do, it kind of helps me reflect on the inside a little bit as well. It's kind of like an internal therapy session. Think of the process as well as actually executing the, the work I want done. Okay, that's very interesting. Thanks for sharing this. Is this like a, so it basically like kind of helps you to cope with, with reality? Oh yeah. Helps. oh yeah, it's definitely a, I guess you could say a copingism and that's not only just for me, but a large majority that get body art done, extreme body modifications. As I said, but I used the wording earlier, just adding something I wasn't born with. I've heard that term more times than I can ever remember, just because that's how a lot of people approach it. A lot of people on the inside see themselves as they weren't born, so they're just simply fixing mistakes nature didn't give them when they came out. You know what I mean? Got it. Got like, it. for personally, oh, sorry, continue. No, please go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, personally for myself, I am covered in tattoos. I have my whole body done, and 99% of the times I walk around in long sleeves and pants. Like, I do this for me. Mm -hmm. I don't. I mean, I like showing it off. I like the acknowledgement because the shit hurts. I want some kind of acknowledgement for it. But on the inside, it's it's really just for me. Like I always tell people, not always, but sometimes I even tell people, I don't even have my eyes tattooed. They say nice contacts. I just wave and say, yeah, thanks. I got them at Spencer's. It, <laughs> and for me, I just want the gratification that I did it. I don't need anybody else's approval. Makes perfect sense. So 
how doing all those things is it is it the fact that it's difficult and not a lot of people go for those body modifications and 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 you can do it and you know heal up literally physically from all those things and keep going through your life it's kind of like you feel like it builds momentum and keeps you going is is that what it is um as far as what do you mean so uh, as far as the body modifications is, uh, yes. do, do you kind of like doing them gives you energy is, is what I'm trying to figure mm, out. I wouldn't say like so much energy or like motivation to keep going modification wise or life wise. <clears throat> Just in general situations in life, like I personally like the way I look. So when I meet somebody, I might not be as shy or I might have a little bit more confidence because I'm projecting myself on the outside how i feel on the inside is i don't i'm trying to think of a better way to describe it just overall in life i'm just more comfortable i'm not as quiet as i used to be i'm not as shy it just kind of helped give me that confidence just in general not you know what i mean like situation to situation large groups of people i'm more comfortable being like this whether i get the recognition for my appearance or not it's just who i felt on the inside that way i can approach life I'm not sure how I'm, I'm trying to think of better wording, but no, that's best I'm no, coming I up actually, with at the time. It actually makes sense. I understand it. I understand it. It's like it's it's basically about finding finding figuring out who you are as a person and like embracing it. Yeah, pretty much. I'm just trying to embrace how I feel genuinely inside, and unfortunately, that does change. There are things I have I don't like anymore, and there's things I don't have I wish I did, but. I, like I said before, I got to wait until the time's right because the only things I really have left is several extreme things I plan on doing, plus this minor tattoo work. So, okay, got it. Let's talk about generally speaking interactions with society at large. When you go to the shop or when your friends go to the shop, the extreme body modifications, what what do you think is the perception of those by average people who don't know much about it? Um, yeah. The general consensus for extreme modifications, um, I guess it all depends on the generation, man. It'd be, it's, it's an interesting topic because I, could sit here and tell you people always go to the worst case scenario. They're judgmental. They think something's wrong with me or others that have stuff like this. But at the same time, I can say a lot of people really love it. Like I get probably more compliments on anything walk on a day-to-day -day basis than anything else. Now, would most people go through the process I did? I don't think so, but a lot of people are genuinely understanding at least they understand from an individual's point of view that they kind of have to accept that it's not their body, but definitely get some shock and awe on occasion as well. Get called the devil, um, all kinds of crazy shit. <laughs> the devil, that's that's a good one. Oh, all, all the time, all the time. The devil, People, when I'm out with my daughter, people look at me like I stole her. It's absolutely hilarious. Or even my fiance, my fiance, she does. She has a few tattoos, but nowhere near as what I do. Like she has nothing below her elbows, nothing above her collar, or anything like that. So even just a general 
like representation being out with my family i I get the pretty big bag of mixed emotions yeah that's actually really interesting since since you brought it up yourself that you're saying when you walk with your family people will look jarred why would that be why would why would that in your opinion why would people find this surprising that a like a a nice guy like yourself like is is walking on the street with your daughter and that is causing um shock to people because as i don't remember if we were recording or not but we spoke pre uh this morning about uh just a general outlook on people with extreme modifications or extreme like heavily tattooed people a lot of people don't consider people that like that look like me to be a normal family person all they see is the stereotypes a thug a hoodlum whatever they want to say some crazy shit most people don't realize that everybody gets tattooed i'm going to say even everybody gets extreme modifications I know doctors that have tongue splits, scarification, implants. I know lawyers that have all kinds of crazy general modifications. Everybody gets it. It's just how visible it really is. So I think the general public doesn't understand that. It's just a wide spectrum. Some people color their hair and cut their fingernails or get a fancy haircut. On the other end of the spectrum, as we said, people are cutting off fingers, cutting off nipples, cutting their dick off. Like it's just, it's interesting. Yeah, do you, where do you see the general perception of average people in the society? Are we becoming more inclusive? Because, for example, when you follow, let's say, a little bit of a debate around the world, it seems like society is polarizing. A part of it is becoming way more inclusive, but a part of it is actually becoming less tolerant. You can see that in Europe, you can see that in the US. What is, yeah, what it- it's a, it's definitely a mixed bag when it comes to that as well. Tattoos as a whole are becoming more accepted in a general point of view, I guess you could say. Obviously, there's still some places that the discrimination and the negativity still exists. Um, extreme body modifications as well. The general public just being exposed to it more and more online is starting to be less and less shocking. But the normal average citizen isn't gonna condone, isn't gonna think most of the extreme stuff is okay. They're still gonna think it's pretty radical and pretty drastic, which is a logical point of view. Even within the tattoo community, I've been working in tattoo shops now 13 years, 14 years. I've been hanging out in tattoo shops since I was 10 or 11, maybe 11 or 12 years old, somewhere around there. And even nowadays, I have friends that are heavily tattooed, tons of piercings. They'll never dip their toes into the extreme modification thing. Even within the body modification community, there's all kinds of debates from the general practice of modifica- extreme modifications that the artist shouldn't be doing it, clients shouldn't be getting it, uh, legality, safety reasons, uh, mental health reasons. There's a big debate that People that take it a step further from tattoos and piercings to extreme modifications have mental health issues. Um, there's debates within the community and professionals that artists that offer extreme modifications shouldn't be offering the procedures because there's no way they could ever be qualified to perform medical procedures. Uh, sorry, I was just writing one thing no, down no, so, I, so it doesn't slip my slip my mind. 
but you have flagged a lot of interesting things. Let's actually let's dive into them a little bit because I feel like you've touched upon some of the some of the well, basically it's criticism, right? Those are yes. criticisms of extreme body modifications. It also seems like there's again two currents within within the body modification, let's call it subculture and and practice. That there are there is the the more heavy extreme stuff, and there is the your your normal tattoos and piercings, the way I understand it. And it seems that the second group is becoming more and more acceptable, more and more people have it, um, whereas the second one is more hardcore. That that's that's the way I understood it from your from from what you for said. sure. I would you you could definitely put it like that. Um, the obviously as you said the first one tattoos and piercings is starting to be more and more mainstream become more accepted is where the extreme stuff is still really taboo um so i think it's just going to have to be a natural progression the more the tattoo industry starts to accept this stuff as a whole and the piercing community starts to accept it i think that's when the general public will start to embrace it and take that tattoo stigma a little bit less and less as time goes on just because if it's still shocking for people that work in tattoo shops tattoos piercings to see somebody with a tongue split or get subdermal implants or eyeball tattoos like eyeball tattoos for example are two of the like two of the biggest ones are implants and eyeball tattoos because they are very very drastic compared to a tattoo or piercing and there's like artists that say Tattoo artists that say people who do eyeball tattoos shouldn't be doing it. It's not the same as a normal tattoo. There's no qualifications. You're kind of just winging it. And on the other end of the spectrum, it's the same thing with the implants. People that do the implants normally started out as piercers and learned the progression and learned different procedures from there. So they say professional piercers shouldn't be doing implants. It all just depends. Everything's got the yin and the yang, and that definitely is included in that. Okay, there's a couple of themes here to pick up. First two is you've mentioned legality and you've mentioned mental health issues as yes. pot potentially criticisms of people who are involved in those procedures. What what's what's the legal status of of those body modifications? Because there is a question of individualism involved here, right? So if you want to cut your own nipples, unless you are mentally unstable, why why would why wouldn't you be able to do it? Especially uh, if you do it yourself. Yes, uh, that's a good question. I personally think the government shouldn't restrict any kind of form of control over your body, whether it's from the recent issues I've seen online. I'm not totally well versed about the abortion or mm. the birth control laws, whatever happened previous in the week. I'm not quite sure, but I heard about that. Down to there's some states over here in the United States that you can't do certain piercings, can't do certain tattoos in general areas, as well as from what I understand, there are other countries as well that have laws against tattooing and piercing. But the extreme modifications, there are certain guidelines that make it fall under gray area to just flat out black and white, depending on your location, country, municipal province, stuff like that. Um, the main ones with the extreme modifications are depending how you approach the procedure, from what I understand. 
and what is actually involved in the procedure. Like I know any kind of anesthetic is, as far as like injectable, is illegal. It's due to illegal practice of medicine by non-practitioning doctor. So you can't possess any stuff like that which makes it black and white. Use any kind of an anesthetic, it's flat out illegal. You're committing a crime, you're going to jail if you get caught or at least be seriously punished. Um, as far as being a gray area, I know over in the United, well, over here in the United States, it's pretty complicated and there's all kinds of debates that go on within the community. Um, whether artists should be allowed to practice or not. I've never heard of an artist being arrested over in the United States, but Quite a few artists do keep details on the down low. They won't always advertise exact shops they work at. They don't advertise tools they use because I'm not quite sure how that plays into it. Yeah, but, because it's a pretty... Um, oh, sorry. No, but I was going to say, but as well as from what I understand, as I said, in the United States, it's kind of a gray area. Um, if I recall right, there, well, I know it was over, I want to say London, somewhere in the UK, there was an artist arrested maybe about five or six years ago. And from what I understand, any production of modification work is illegal. They consider, I forget what the term was, something with a medical procedure by unlicensed, sorry about that, unlicensed uh, practitioner. But there was an artist who got sentenced to several years just for doing like ear points and scarification and implants and stuff too. It wasn't even taken into account that he was using anesthetic, just the general practice of doing those modifications were considered a crime and he was punished for. And I know there was an artist, I wanna say over in uh, Australia as well, several years ago, that just the general practice of the modifications, he was, uh, he got re legal repercussions. Okay, I see. So it's not exactly legal. It's not exactly legal, but it's not exactly illegal. It all depends, like I said, how you approach and where you are actually located. Different countries have different laws on what's considered practicing medicine, what's considered non-consensual assault or consensual assault that you could still get in trouble for. So it all oh, really depends on where you are. Yeah, because there's some countries that if it's considered assault, even though you got permit, they can still charge you. You're, if you're uh, not, a, yeah. if it combines with a non-licensed uh, practitioner, you know what I mean. There's just some things people can't give consent for. In a way, it makes me think of a debate about drugs, as in, um, it's in some like it's that basically the customers, the end customers will be getting better product, better quality yeah, it's, service it's, you if, could, you, you, if you regulate it rather than you like could, just you could, leave it. In. You could really, really view it the same way as legalizing drugs, maintaining supply and the exact same concept. If everything's regulated, everything's controlled, you wouldn't have assholes bouncing tattoo shop to tattoo shop. You wouldn't have people that are untrained that just want to pick up the material and try it because they saw it on Facebook. You wouldn't have any of that. I think it would genuinely help as well. Yeah, okay, fair. Because uh, even over, oops, sorry. Because yeah. even over in here, I'm not sure about other countries. I'm not totally well-versed, I have to just be honest. But over here, even our tattoo and piercing regulations and laws are so off the charts it's absolutely ridiculous like here in pennsylvania 
you can tattoo out of a fucking parking lot if you want. There's no crime. There's no law. There's nothing like that. Be completely dirty, dirty needles, no gloves, tattooing in 7-Eleven parking lot. But then you go one state over. Everything has to be completely licensed, insured, can't be working out of a house. It's going all kind. So it's just the laws need to catch up with the times. Yeah, it's one of it's just one of those, unfortunately, consistency, regulation and just modern day times are just changing. So laws and society need to evolve with it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then the the mental health issues. So let me just try to understand what you mean by by that point. So you're basically saying that some vulnerable individuals might make a momentarily decision to do some irreversible body modifications that they will later come to regret. Is, oh, is it happened. One? Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. You haven't. Okay. Um, yeah, that's unfortunately, I can tell you that's a hundred percent true. That's a huge factor in quite a few people that take that heavy modification journey. And unfortunately, if you look, I mean, it could, I don't know, obviously I don't know good majority of these people, but if you go through different forearms or body modification pages, the amount of suicide and regret that people that take that journey that far is astronomical astronomical there's been so many figures in the body modification community that have had mental health issues for one reason or another that ended up taking their life whether the appearance played a part in it i can tell you for some people i personally know it has including myself i do did grow to regret some of the things i've done to myself just that mind frame i was in when i was younger it was just the direction i was going and unfortunately life took me in a different direction but it definitely plays a huge factor for some people, whether it's trying to fit into society and their mind frame isn't strong enough just to be themselves and they want to fit in. And 10 years later, they realize they don't like that group of people. It could just be some kind of either delusion or severe mental illness where they genuinely are driven to believe there's something else or something different from what they really are. And later in life realize it's either through treatment or some kind of, life situation to realize they went down the path mentally they shouldn't have it all depends but definitely for a lot of people it plays a huge part of it and unfortunately there is that stigma as well like you get your face tattooed you gotta not give a shit about the way you look you gotta be angry you gotta be depressed you're destroying the main thing people come in contact with you so there's got to be something off in your head so that stigma is unfortunately in society as well yeah I see what you mean. Okay, well, that's a that's a very strong message, actually. That that a lot of those 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 extreme body modifications, you've stumbled upon cases where people do regret them later on. And oh yes, it has profound impact on their life later on. Very, very so. There's several very famous people that were in the body modification community that committed suicide, that their appearance has been at least partially contributed to what led to their ultimate demise. It just was one factor in it. But mm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The stigma, so the stigma being out in society, the social interaction, everybody thinks it's cool, hibbity-jibbity. And some people, if, like I said, they have that weakness, that mentality that they just wanted to fit in, so they did it. Ten years down the road, 
society's still going to think you look like an asshole more than likely so it's not really going to help your social persona at all unless it's something you truly wanted it's just gonna it's gonna be baggage on your mind down the road and that happens a lot a lot of regret face tattoos hand tattoos extreme modifications that can't be repaired um, i've seen people that get their tongue split that grew to hate it and have to have their tongue surgically repaired um all kinds of stuff i've even heard about people back when eyeball tattoos were super popular maybe like nine years ago or so when i got mine done there was already a slur of people that didn't want to have it anymore and people were trying to figure out how to undo eyeball tattoos mm. yeah this is uh this is a lifestyle of great of significant consequences like you know i am into surfing or climbing like if tomorrow i don't like surfing or climbing no problem i'll just yeah, you know, yeah. get stuck into something else it's not the same for you or not yeah. necessarily yourself but someone who's into extreme body modifications yeah pretty much yeah it's definitely something that you gotta take great responsibility with and a lot of it's on the artists as well and realizing when to tell people no a lot of artists nowadays will just take money but the good ones will tell you no like don't do anything visible if they don't have any kind of progression work as far as tattoos on their hands or their necks if they don't have anything already visible people shouldn't be tattooing anything crazy and possibly ruining people's lives uh doing face tattoos for their face tattoo uh first tattoo uh doing artwork or extreme modifications on people that may not be already associated with that culture like I know an artist that won't do any kind of implant work unless you are already heavily tattooed or pierced because they don't want to be the reason that you're viewed differently in society without already being used to that and accustomed to that because yeah. people get regrets for sure. Yeah. yeah, actually, because for the most part of this episode, we talked about you as a subject of extreme body modifications but you're also a tattoo artist what from 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 that point of view could you talk a little bit more about about people who actually come to you what is there what, what, so i would imagine that one group of people who come to you they already have a lot of tattoos they know what they want they know where they're going um but what are some of the other customers that you encounter in your work um yeah that's a good question uh honestly nowadays everybody gets tattooed piercings even extreme modifications um just working in the different shops i've been at talking to friends in the community everybody does like i just this week i did uh 18 year old couples first tattoos little initials for each other something cute and simple absolute first tattoos but then I have clientele that come in that are more tattooed and modified than I am, make me look like I just started this shit. So it's definitely a good mix of people. Oh, not no, the 18-year-old the couple, as an experienced uh, tattoo artist, like, what are the odds they're not going to come to regret it? Um, I'm going to be honest. They probably will just grow to regret the tattoo themselves. I personally, I hope if they're here watching or see this by chance, you guys were awesome. I already went over this, but I personally don't like doing name or initial tattoos for significant others. So whether they like tattoos or piercings, they because they both scheduled to get more work. So they're definitely into the whole tattoo and piercing scene. But uh, 
I think the first tattoo shouldn't be an initial. Relationships come and go. And as you said, the tattoos are forever, man. So they may grow to regret the tattoo, but I'm pretty sure they're sold on the tattoo culture as far as a whole. I so. see what you mean. But yeah, most people, I always tell them for their first tattoo, I'm either going to see them in two weeks for something else or I'm never going to see them again because I realized one and done was for them. They're the people that dip their toe in the water and whether they didn't like the aesthetic of it, they thought they would, or they didn't like the process, they just don't come back for a second one. Yeah. Do you refuse to tattoo people often? What's your... It's not it's not terribly often but there's been more times than i can recount through my career where i've had to tell people no for sure especially i'm gonna say within the last like five years or so the way tattoos have become more acceptable in society with pop culture and the music and entertainment industry um i primarily turn down whether it's an image i don't want to be associated with whether it's obscenely sexual or violent i don't fuck with anything racist any kind of bigotry tattoos as well as the general location as i said earlier i take responsibility as i feel they should if you come in and you have no tattoos on your hands or your neck and you want something on your face or your fingers or your hands i will refuse that just due to i don't want to be the one to take you that far down the rabbit hole initially um name tattoos like i won't do any names on anything that seems weird like it could be a controlling situation there's been times i've had to turn down names because either the woman didn't seem into it like she was being pressured by the guy or vice versa yeah those are the rough ones because when especially it's like i can remember a situation about four years ago or so couple came in they wanted to get matching tattoos and the guy was pretty much doing all the speaking for her speaking for himself as a whole and i could just tell she really wasn't into it so i had to approach that situation a little lightly because i wasn't trying to set him off he definitely seemed like one of those alpha males that couldn't be told what to do so had to take a little bit of discretion with that one uh as well so so, sorry just just to kind of like finish off on that story yeah so you basically said uh, i'm not tattooing this on yeah i i don't feel comfortable i don't i didn't go down the road of flat out explaining the situation because like i said i didn't want to make things either worse for her or cause a scene in the tattoo shop yeah so i just pretty much went down the road that i told them they should have time to think about it they both seemed a little off whatever that happened before they came in they should take like a cool down period double check and she understood and seemed quite happy that she didn't get the tattoo that exact second what happened after they left i can't speak on but he kind of understood as well didn't make a huge scene and they left got it what are some of the other red flags for you um i take into account life situations when i said when i see people come in that aren't heavily tattooed or aren't already visibly tattooed without being heavily tattooed i always ask them beforehand what do you do for a living how old are you like relationship status stuff like that like i'm not prying into complete background but i want to at least have the peace of mind knowing they're ready mentally for this tattoo or this piercing Mm. Because yeah. I had a like years ago, a lady called, wanted to get her son's first tattoo. He was 16. Thought, okay, cool. He's old enough to do it. I could do it for him. 
16 is the minimum age I'll work on with parental consent and proper ID, depending where it is. Speaking to her after a few more minutes, her son wanted YOLO tattooed on both of the tops of his hands right here for his YOLO. first YOLO. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I laughed just like you did on the phone and tried my best to explain why that was a terrible idea for a 15-year-old to get that. And uh, Mama Dukes wasn't playing that shit and started cursing at me and all kinds of crazy stuff. Oh, so, my God. I bet he got the so, tattoo. Yeah, he probably got it done somewhere else for sure. Definitely got it. Mom was determined. Or just you can obviously just tell I also will turn down things for legal reasons, for the obvious. Uh, unfortunately, I have to admit, I've had parents bring in kids for like, I can remember two examples at a shop I worked at years and years ago over here and over here. Uh, my mentor was still working at the shop at the time before he left. It was uh, for body piercing. And um, mom brought a daughter in, said she wanted to get piercings done. We're like, okay. Daughter was like 16 or 17, something like that. Asked her what her daughter wanted to get done. Belly button. Cool. Not a problem. Earlobes. Cool. Not a problem. And then mom flat out just goes, well, I don't really approve of this, but I'm going to sign for it anyway. She wants to get her nipples and her vagina done. We obviously turned that shit down. Like you can't yeah. be piercing underage nipples and genitals. So there's a lot of red flags and they range. It's, it's crazy. But yeah, the underage thing, that still blows my mind that people will sign off on almost anything. It's great. That's a red flag. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting that this mom was rolling with the punches. Mom was mom was completely down. She's like, I don't really think like it, but I'm gonna sign. We're like, then fucking tell her no. Like Jesus, no. mom is a pushover of a century. Yeah, no. Oh my god, you have no idea. And then the daughter started screaming at us and we had to break it down for her. We're like, Well, how old are you? She's whatever she said, 16, 17. My mentor at the time was like, Well, I'm fucking 40. So if I touch your breast. I'm going to jail from molesting a minor. And guess what? This 60 bucks isn't worth going to fucking prison and being a sex offender over. Mom kind of understood, but once the kids started freaking out, the mom started freaking out too, how we should just do it and this, that, and the third. So negligence on the end of the parent can definitely lead to a red flag and being turned away as well. Or no ID. You'd be surprised how many times people try and slip somebody's kid in their kid without id we don't know how old the kid is we don't know if it's even the fucking parent like it's absurd whoa that's all, that's all, all the time all the time yeah dude we've had some weird incidents some weird incidents in tattoo shops that got pretty dark pretty dark that? um yeah there's been a few times if you want to go down that rabbit hole as far as I like do. the Let's do scare, it. like what would be i guess considered scary situations um i should start out before we go into some of these stories that general feeling in tattoo shops people are really either kind of uncomfortable because it's a tattoo shop depending on how it's laid out if it's you know what I mean? Like if it's a classical like art studio, a little cleaner, most people might feel more comfortable. But like I worked at a studio down by my way that the whole inside's done out like a rotten cathedral. Like okay. there's so human skulls everywhere, dead shit everywhere. The art, it's, it looks like, but it's well done. You know what I mean? It's the interior design. 
and a lot of people feel uncomfortable just because it's a dark decrepit cathedral on the inside beautiful but not most people's choice of environment so it all depends <laughs> um but generally most people feel pretty comfortable and feel that tattoo shops they can just talk about whatever the fuck they want um to begin with the miners people bring it in miners i can recall the worst one i've ever had working at a studio about six years ago we had a guy bring in an underage girl at first the story started out it was his daughter they just forgot the id but they more than cop that she was underage tried to get i want to say nipples done and a belly button or something like that and asking questions we already told him no but he kept trying to change the story and change information and ask what he did need so he could bring her back oh that's creepy as fuck. oh it gets even better turns out she they come back a few days later she has a birth certificate she's had a state id or a school id something like that we could verify who she said she was and at least how old she was with the birth certificate and everything checked it out first and then she came in and said he was dad. Cool, still couldn't do it. She was even underage. We said we could try and do the belly button one, not the nipples. They said, okay, we'll do the belly button. So we're looking at all the paperwork. Nothing was lining up. He didn't know the birthday, her birthday. Then all of a sudden he was stepdad. Finally, they go outside, make a phone call, whatever they were arguing about. And he flat out comes in and just tells us it was his fucking girl. It was his date. This dude was like 30 some years old, walking around with a fucking 16 year old. He blatantly just told us. Whoa. Yeah. Or Whoa. we'll have people we'll have people come in and they'll seem like genuinely nice people. And I'm sure they are. But same thing with the therapy session saying, man, people tell us the crazy shit. I've had people tell, I had a lady tell me a story about she got married at 18 or 19 to her high school sweetheart. And next thing you know, they started getting into like BDSM and role play. She wasn't too much into it. That was more of his thing. Fast forward five years down the road, she, he's divorcing her because her progression sexually grew so far. She was setting herself up to get gang raped and make him watch and oh all kinds. God. Yeah. Or years ago, when I first started, we had a guy come in. And there was like kanji symbols on the flash rack. And he was telling us about how he's been over to Asia and Europe and traveling. Well-versed traveler. And then out of nowhere, he starts going down the story about somewhere in some, uh, somewhere over in like upper Asia somewhere. He goes regularly once a year and has connections to a fucking pedophile ring. And he goes from oh, little no. boys. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. We beat the shit out of that dude and drug him out of the shop. Fuck that. <laughs> 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 he just but he blatantly why he's getting tattooed he's blatantly just telling us this stuff like he thinks he's oh. gonna think we're this is fucking okay oh jesus christ man yeah i mean yeah. that's probably like that probably kind of comes with the territory like as in like the job you do like some freaks are bound to come to your oh family. yeah well and it goes back to part of the uh uh, stigma in society every people i mean people still think tattoos are just for low lives and dirt bags and drug addicts so they come in and meanwhile they're doing their nine to five fucking 
being Betty and Bob over here, perfect citizen, they come into the fucking tattoo shop and next thing you know, they're murdering cocaine and the true person comes out and you can really see how mm. twisted some people are. It's, it's absolutely, it's crazy. The amount of times I've been sexually harassed at work just because women come in and think I work in a tattoo shop and all I want to do is just get pussy and like it's it's wow. absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. You get can can you talk a little bit about that? Like what's yeah. the what's the because you're saying that it, this is a theme where women come to the... Not even just women, just men too, man. I've been uh, hit on by so many men. I've had more offers for between couples for threesomes or trying to get into some weird cuckold situation with them. Like, it's, it's insane. And the best part is I see your eyebrows going. It's everywhere from, like, the very, very beginners, like... 18 19 year old girls coming in flirting with the tattoo guy because they think it's wild and outrageous and they want to upset their parents to uh, you got 70 year your 80 year old women and men coming in that are just straight up freaks in the sheets trying to <laughs> rock it you know what i mean like it's, it's crazy it's so crazy one lady she was like she was like i want to say like upper 50s early 60s i did a set of nipple piercings on her and afterwards, I'm cleaning up, wiping everything down, explaining aftercare to her. She flat out just looks at me and goes, oh, I'm sorry, honey. I don't have any money, but you can play with my tits if you want as a tip. I was like, nope, not doing that shit. Not doing that shit. Flip the camera back on and open the door. And I was like, okay, we're good to go here. Please get out of my booth. And okay. people, and, and not only do you hear this all the time, the way people say it, it's so nonchalant to them. Like tattoo shops still have that stigma. It's this party animal. It's not just a regular job in most people's eyes. It's absolutely insane. Okay, that's very interesting. That is so interesting. I, I only now I think I understood what you were saying this whole time. So basically, the point you're making is that people think that people who work at tattoo shops are those freaks, and you can basically like kind oh, of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I for see sure. What you my mean. bad. My bad. Yeah, that's definitely about what I was getting at for that particular topic. Yeah, there's still such a stigma from, especially in my general area, all the old time shops that were around, they were all bikers, they were all hippies, they were all like ex-gang bangers. So around here, that general stigma still stays. So you have all these business women coming in and getting their little butterfly tattoos or lily tattoos, and they're in their head, they're just thinking this tattoo artist just wants to, you know what I mean? Get some ass and blow coke at the bar. So people just let loose. Yeah, okay. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. So they come with some sort of assumptions in their head and Yeah. Okay. For sure. That there's is a, there's so a level of it. There's a there's definitely a level of pre-assumption and there's definitely a level of confidence in that assumption that they can be their their true selves. True selves. Mm. Wow, that is a very interesting thing you just said. Love it. Okay, fair play. Everything that has been said here was a that was a crazy, crazy ride with you, Kenny Wagner. I have to say. Um, before we wrap it up, last question: what's what's your um, what's your family thinks about your modifications? What do your friends that don't have those modifications thinks about them? 
Um, myself personally, uh, I can tell you I've met people that were into it, weren't into it. I've dated people that had tattoos and piercings. I've dated people that didn't. Um, most of the time they're pretty understanding. I've only ever had one or two like ex-spouses tell me not to really do something, but I did it anyway. So it wasn't, their opinion really didn't matter too much. As far as nowadays, general people in my circle, inner circle, kind of outer circle, genuinely supportive. Um, my fiance doesn't mind at all. Um, as I said, she only has like three or four tattoos and a few piercings. So she's complete opposite end of the spectrum. Um, she's totally supportive and whatever I choose to do. My daughter loves me. She's, I've only ever looked like this. So as far as my kid goes, I'm the best looking thing in the world. She loves showing me off when we're out in public, all her little friends, like talking about my eyes and my tongue and my tattoos. Um, most, some of my friends, obviously being a lot, good portion are into tattoos and piercings as well. Uh, most of them, well, they're all supportive. I don't really have anybody say, like, really hate me for doing shit. Some of them think some of the more extreme things I've done and plan to do are a little out of their realm of something they would personally want to do, but totally support my choice as an individual. And even my friends that aren't in the tattoo and piercing, I try and align myself with like-minded individuals as much as possible. Not and I break base that more internally than externally. So even my friends that don't have tattoos or piercings could pretty much give a shit less what I do with myself physically, as long as I still maintain being the person I am inside. Exactly. I think that's the, that's the, that's the key thing. Yeah. 100%. Does your, sorry, does your daughter say, Oh dad, why all the other dads look so weird? Because no, they, not at all. Not, a, because, not because, at all. Because she actually, I'm sorry, continue. No, because to, to her, you're the you're the baseline, you're the norm, right? All the other yeah. other dads who are not tattooed, don't have eyeballs tattooed, they must look strange. Well, no, she uh it was actually the opposite, to be a hundred percent honest with you. When she was a little younger and started being able to vocalize and express herself verbally, there was a little bit of what's wrong with daddy's eyes when mm -hmm. she was younger. But she understands that her mother and I don't look normal, that we're the ones on the outside of what's to be expected. She's she just turned seven about three weeks ago, and she's well ahead of her time. I'm so proud of my kid. And one thing she definitely understands is people the best she can. So she's kind of on the other side. Like, I understand my daddy and my mommy are different because her mother is quite tattooed as well um so for she understands it's normal for her to be able to interact with people like that but she does understand that's not normal for everybody because even a good majority of her friends like i have lots of friends that don't have tattoos that aren't heavily tattooed like myself so her day-to-day -day interaction with other people don't always consist of people with tattoos so got it that's beautiful i mean i think I think extreme body modifications are insanely interesting. You're a, you're a really cool guy. I wish you all the best. I'm so pleased that we had a chance to have this conversation. If you want to plug anything before we wrap this up, go for it. Um, yeah. um, I mean, the only thing I would like, if you don't mind, is just 
tattoo shop stuff a chance yeah, okay uh, if, you, if you don't mind check me out on facebook kenny wagner um and you can find me on instagram at art three underscores by two underscores kenny um as well as my business is body art by kenny i'm located in allentown pennsylvania um find me on yelp or google i'd appreciate your business look forward to helping everybody out that's yeah about all well, i got well, We'll post it as a link as well to your social awesome, media. Awesome, awesome. Like I would appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. We'll do. Well, it was awesome. fun. Awesome. It was very fun. I'm honored and I appreciate you taking the time. And as well as if you want, I can send you over any kind of pictures I have from my personal procedures if you're interested in either thumbnailing those or sending links as well. As I said, some of them are just general photos of the process, but I do have quite a few that might get you a reaction or two of the close-up tissue removal, especially for the nipple. Okay. Send those over. Yeah, as we spoke earlier, get, send those over. Yes, I, will I, need to, I, will, I will need to see the um, YouTube guidance if they're not, if they're not going to take down the, the, the clip if you, I put those in. You might be on the gray area. I'm not totally sure how those guidelines works. I can tell you I've seen similar and worse from what I'm going to be sending you, but I don't know how that works for total guidelines or if you're trying to monetize for guidelines. I'm not sure what you're talking within, but I can assure you everything I would send you shouldn't violate too much to where the video shouldn't be posted, allowed to be posted. Nice. Because there's, there's plenty of medical videos. It's just a small scale DIY plastic surgery clip, you know what I mean? There's plenty of plastic surgery videos online, so. Okay, that's that sounds good. Thanks, yeah. man. I appreciate no it. No problem. No problem, no problem. Awesome. An hour and a half, 90 minutes. Wow. Well, bye, everyone. That was fun. Awesome. Catch you later, buddy. Take care. Yeah. Bye.